You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. I'm Stephen Aquario, and I'm joined with Mark Levine from the New York State Association of County. Today, we're speaking with Livingston County Administrator Ian Coyle to discuss the county's series of town hall style meetings called Conversations with the County. Kind of goes nicely with the NISAC branded County Conversations. These events in Livingston County are intended to be a drop-in gathering where residents, business owners, uh, individuals can provide feedback on county programs, municipal services, and services to the county administrator and the town supervisors in a very informal environment. Ian, thanks for joining us here today. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Glad to be here. Ian, can you start out by giving us an overview of Livingston County? Where is it in the state, its population, types of industry, a little bit of a culture? What's happening in in Livingston County? Yeah, sure. Happy to. So Livingston County is in the Finger Lakes uh, economic development region of New York State. We're in the Rochester MSA, 62,000 population, 17 towns, nine villages, no cities. Board of Supervisors slash County Administrator form of government. Uh, we are uh, kind of a full service county uh, in terms of true life cycle services. So we do run a nursing home, we have a hospice program, and we have all of the uh, early education, pre-K special education, and all the services in between. So definitely a full service county. On the kind of what's going on front, uh, we're very much Uh, in the throes of a a broadband initiative in the county, a rural broadband initiative, which is uh, its endeavor or the aim is to have uh, high-speed internet to every single address point in the entire county. So it's a very ambitious goal, but one that we're uh, pursuing uh, with earnest here in the last couple of years. So, uh, and and actually one of the other programs that's big with us is our uh, transparency and citizen engagement efforts. So uh, that's why I'm very happy and pleased to be talking about this particular uh, series with you today. Thanks, Ian. It's uh, Mark Levine, Deputy Director of the New York State Association of Counties here. And uh, I, I've gone out and I've, uh, I've watched a couple of recordings of these uh, conversations with the county, and uh, they're pretty amazing. Counties do a wide range of, of programs and services that um, most people don't really understand the breadth of, of what a county does, but you bring that out there. And we were wondering, what was the inspiration for this program in Livingston? Well, the inspiration had to go back to uh, 2017. Uh, we had had a couple of budget public hearings. We didn't have many people come. We had some other, what I would say, administrative hearings on a CDBG or some other public hearing on an application didn't have anybody come uh, from the public to any grand level. Uh, We didn't have anybody show up at the public hearing in question for the budget that one year. So the Board of Supervisors and I were talking about kind of bringing county government to the people, knowing everybody's busy, they've got stuff going on. So that was the impetus behind the initial rollout was to bring county government to the people. We've got 17 towns, we switch, when I say we, this is really me. <laughs> it just so happens that it's just me going out there, but it could be department heads and directors and other county staff. But essentially it represents me going out to one of our towns each and every month, 
Uh, it's a diner, it's a coffee shop, it's a um, town, actual town hall for a town meeting, a village setting, a public library, it varies. But the, the goal was to bring county government updates, news, information. And to your point, Mark, what I start normally every session with is a county government 101, which is a very, very brief five to 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how long we want to talk with the public there about what county government does each and every day in Livingston County. And every single instance of these series, people are, at least one person in the audience is sort of educated slash amazed or some, somewhere in between about all the you know, involvement points that county government has in their everyday life. Uh, so that was kind of the impetus and the backdrop behind it. And we have, uh, aside from that COVID, really when we were in the throes of the COVID pandemic response, when we had to take a pause on it, we've, we've done this every single month since December of 2017. And I've noticed uh, over the years that uh, in serving the public, um, the county entity is a very mysterious, almost invisible blanket that's wrapping its arms around the entire county structure, the geographical boundaries of the county of, of Livingston in this particular case and other counties respectively. Uh, but no one really quite understands uh, what a county does. And uh, for the most part, uh, often we take it for granted that roads are paved. Uh, we all have come to expect a bridge to be safe. Uh, and that's, uh, that's okay, our water to be clean. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be that way, but it's the county government that's doing that. Uh, and uh, often it's an invisible type of government, uh, unless you're in need of services, services for the poor, for example, are provided through and by the county and its workforce. Uh, services for our seniors or our mature adults in nursing homes and special education services and so on and so forth. So much going on and so much to uh, educate the public on through your conversations with the county. What a great thing that you're doing. Can you tell us what it's like to walk through what a typical meeting uh, is like? How long does it take place? You've told us where you have them. Uh, how do you structure this type of conversation with the county? Are you using a PowerPoint, um, just an open round table? And what has been the reaction from the citizens that you're engaging with? Yeah, uh, great questions, all of them, Steve. So we are setting them up through my office. So very simply going through the supervisor in that particular town and saying, you know, your town's up on the rotation, where would you like to host it and when? So in a sort of simplistically speaking, that's how it starts. And then that supervisor usually uh, chooses a public setting, a library, a town hall. But again, sometimes it's a coffee shop, a restaurant, the back room of a diner, something like that. So that's kind of where it starts. Uh, I then go in and it's just me. It's no PowerPoint. It's no uh, pomp and circumstance. It's we start at say, seven o'clock. In fact, we're recording on the 9th of uh, November. I have one at the Sparta Town Hall uh, tonight. So that's their town board meeting. So I start the town board meeting, seven o'clock, I'll be item number one. And I will be talking to them about uh, all of our happenings and updates and initiatives. So it started with me just doing the county government 101. 
with this, which is the first, you know, the bulk of the first kind of half of the talk. And then that would go into then all of the various things that are going on. And there's, as you guys know, there's always something new happening. So for example, right now it's vaccines and, and mandates. It's uh, the pediatric vaccines. It's the infrastructure package. It's the county budget, which we just released a tentative form last week. Um, and, and lots of other, our broadband initiative, lots of other programs going on. So I changed it up a little bit this last couple of months because we've been doing this now through, we've been cycling through a couple of uh, towns a couple of times. So what I'm now starting with is I just asked the public, what are you here to want to hear about? What do you want to talk about? What do you want updates on? And so, for example, I did that uh, in Dansville uh, last month, and it was, uh, we want to talk about the nursing home and the COVID impact, because we were in a nursing home. We want to talk about the state prison that got closed. And oh, by the way, yesterday, there was more state prisons announced as being closed in New York State. We're one of those a couple of years ago that felt the, the impact of that. And uh, the broadband, rural broadband, people wanted to talk about that. And certainly the COVID pandemic, the response, the vaccines, um, what the impact has been to the county workforce, um, et cetera. So now I just start with what do you want to talk about? Because we've kind of got that, um, we've kind of got that relationship, I guess, with the public to kind of come in and they know it's not going to be some sort of, you know, stock performance, so to speak. And it's not going to be death by PowerPoint either. It's going to be a free freewheeling, freeform conversation. Um, and I always say too, when I walked in the first time doing it and the successive times after that, you don't really know what you're walking into. Uh, I always say, I'm here to take the kudos, criticisms, uh, you know, arrows and everything in between, but it's going to be in a cordial, professional, tactful conversation that's going to be, uh, you know, service oriented. So what do you wanna hear about? Um, what are you challenged by? What are you struggling with? What can we help you out with? Um, and that's been, I think, the, um, the reason for, I guess, the success and the continuation of the program has been that uh, focus of that theme. Thanks, Ian. That's great. That's great. I think, uh, you know, we're, we're <clears throat> over a year and a half into COVID-19 pandemic. And I think uh, across the state, more New Yorkers know what their county does today than they did two years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Because of uh, the local health departments, our emergency managers, our, our uh, uh, county leaders all pretty much being the, the generals on the ground in this war against the pandemic. So mm -hmm. thank you for all of that and the work that you've done uh, in Livingston County. There are some people on the on listening today that might not know what a county administrator does. So, so you're standing in front of the public talking, taking questions uh, and talking about county government 101. What, what gives you that, that um, authority? What gives you that uh, perspective that other folks may not have that you could stand up and, and really cover all the bases of county government? Can you talk about you know, county leadership from a county administrator's standpoint? Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to. So the, the structure here is 17 town supervisors are elected at the town level and they have to wear a second hat and they have to serve as the legislature to the county of Livingston. And in turn, uh, many counties have chosen to go the path of appointing uh, to a term of office uh, a professional local government manager. So in my case, we are uh, the Board of Supervisors in Livingston County, they've 
appointed a full-time county administrator, which is me. And I'm the second county administrator in the county's 200-year uh, history because we started in the late 80s with the administrator form of government here. The Board of Supervisors appoints a, uh, a professional local government administrator. It happens to be here a county administrator. Uh, it's a nonpartisan position in, in its purest form, which means it's an appointed, apolitical, uh, nonpartisan administrator charged with sort of running and out overseeing the operations and the day-to-day -day affairs of the county government. So therefore, when someone like me is participating in a session like a Conversations with the County series, I should know, generally speaking, everything that's going on in county government where a subject matter expert in a particular department who is doing great work in that department or a town supervisor who is doing great work as a committee chair or a governing body member might not necessarily know uh, all the little ins and outs of what's going on service-wise or operations-wise. And it strikes me that um, listening to you and describe the role of a town supervisor in a county board of supervisors structure, it seems to me that the county is simply an extension of all of the towns together as a whole. So when those town supervisors are convening as county supervisors, they're bringing the views and reflections of the towns. It's a very interesting form of government, of course, being the historical and traditional form of government in New York State. We were all boards of supervisors at our birth and evolved into county legislatures and county executives to the modern forms of government we have today, but a very interesting form of government for sure. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this form of government and your conversations with the county events uh, since COVID? Have you noticed a change in how the public understands or perceives what counties do? Uh, if you don't know what a county does now, I don't think you ever will care or want to understand what a county does, but it seems to me the last two years of 2020 and 2021, counties through emergency management, counties through uh, public health, uh, counties through uh, emergency management and weather and storms and things of that nature really have risen up uh, to the headlines, if you will, uh, about their role in society. What are your thoughts about, uh, has the public's understanding changed? Yeah, I actually think that it has. I think there's a, a deeper, a more profound appreciation for the provision of service that the county government offers in New York and in particular in Livingston County. Uh, as Mark kind of questioned earlier, my, my main talking point in the beginning is always a 101 type, here's what county government does in New York State. And I, I teach in various programs across the United States I talk to people in national circles, and I'm very confident in saying nowhere else in the United States of America, at the local government level, is there the breadth, scope, diversity, and robustness of service provision that there exists in county government in New York, period, bar none. It's, 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 it's true. So I start with that, and I say, I usually use an example of somebody falling and so the sheriffs are involved, county EMS is involved, they may be on hard times, they may be a veteran, it may be public assistance, uh, it may be a county hospital in certain county situations. So all the little one-off examples and offshoots of where county government's involved in your life, but specific to COVID-19, the pandemic response, 
I mean, the frontline service response has been the public health departments at the county level. Secondary to that, for us at least, the mental health, uh, the counseling staff, uh, that's a county run function here. Emergency medical services and all the response necessary for uh, pre-hospital care, ambulatory care, county function here. Um, the jail and all they had to go through. And in particular for us, the nursing home. You know, the county nursing home and all the frontline staff each and every single day and waking hour coming to care for those people in their time of need that was a higher level of need than they've ever had before because their loved ones could not physically come in to visit them. So they had to rely on sort of the, the loved one uh, stand-in which oftentimes is their caretaker each and every day, who, by the way, is a Livingston County staff member. So and I think when the public started to see that materialize nationally and all the pats on the back, the proverbial pats on the back and the, the light shows and the fire parades thanking the first responders, um, the County of Livingston staff and the Ulster County staff and the Albany County staff and the Cattaraugus County staff was doing that hundred years before COVID, they were doing it for the Spanish flu, but they were doing it for COVID um, and they were just unbelievably performing admirably for uh, the benefit of their own community. So I think when I talk to these people at these sessions, there's definitely a, a deeper and a more profound appreciation for the work of county government. And, uh, and that's a big positive and plus for me. Yeah, that, that's great. So, so they, they, you know, have more knowledge about it. They have more appreciation of it. Um, has it has it impacted the success of the program? Are you seeing more people turn out for these meetings? Are the questions to you changing based on the fact that this is your second or third go around uh, on the conversations with county? Yeah, great question. So the questions are changing. The attendance, you know, comes and goes. I my very first session, I had one person. I've had. Nobody show up at a couple of times. Uh, my home community one time at the library, nobody showed up, which is fine. I, I walked back home. <laughs> um, so all the way to, I've had 25 to 40 people attend some of these sessions. Uh, they've gone as much as two hours in length to 20 minutes, half an hour in length. The questions certainly have changed a little bit. I think you start to see a little bit of the um, unrest in terms of people's uh, agitated states as it relates to the regulations and the, the mandates and, you know, COVID uh, just the struggles and challenges around everything related to COVID, in particular, the, the governmental response from the feds to the state to our role in that. So definitely lots more questions about uh, what is the county's position on X as it relates to something to do with the COVID pandemic. Those have definitely come up a lot more than they used to because that wasn't part of the equation. Um, so, so that's changed a little bit in regards to that. Um, but other than that, it's really been a fairly standard. I mean, we get a lot of questions on services, futures, you know, initiatives, programs, infrastructure, um, budgetary taxation, property taxes, sales tax, uh, downtown development, main streets, things like that. So those are kind of the main themes of the, of the line of questions, but um, it's definitely changed a little bit. Do you get the, can you fix the pothole in my road question? Absolutely. I got it uh, most recently in the uh, village of Nunday. And I would say that it was a long-term uh, struggle for a particular county road. 
and there was a gentleman there uh, who uh, spoke a very uh, eloquently about the need for that, and we got somebody on it, and uh, and sometime it was fixed, and I did get a, a call back, and uh, and those are again, those are those are the one-offs. Those are kind of the small the small things, and they don't always work out that way. Everybody that comes with an issue is not going to get it resolved in in a quick or a type of fashion like that. But those are the success stories that, not to sound kind of corny, but that keep me coming back because I'm sitting there saying, okay, what's your need? Oh, I'm applying for a job, but I can't get through some sort of, um, you know, wall uh, as far as the application process or something like that. Okay, let's talk because we need people, right? Or the pot of the proverbial pothole, or what are you doing with respect to an economic development program? I'm a small business owner and I need some help. And if we can kind of match those people up, um, and but for maybe that interaction at the conversation series, they would have just given up. They didn't. They came. They asked. I attempted to address or said we'd follow up. To me, that's county. It's not just because Ian Coyle's doing it, but that's county government at work, really. And it's it's the closest connection to the people of all the local government is of all the levels of government, and and uh, how how much more close can you get than actually meeting them in their own town and just talking. So Ian, what keeps you up at night as the county administrator? Well, what keeps me up at night, Mark, is frankly our, our nursing home. We run a, a public nursing home, a 266 bed facility that prior to the pandemic was about 95% occupied. That presently as of the recording of this session is about 60% occupied. And we took a, a real wallop and a uh, shellacking from the COVID-19 pandemic. We had to deal with the New York state regulations that were extremely onerous and challenging and uh, kind of like life altering for the facility. We additionally then in the last couple of months have had to deal with the uh, vaccine mandate and having to unfortunately in my case uh, terminate the employment of uh, 40 individual staffers and another uh, 15 uh, looming. Um, so when you can ill afford to have staff departures, period, um, have to, uh, you know, and, and really and have to sort of send them on their way has been a, it's been a terrible thing for the county, frankly. And having these people be vilified as well on their way out for what amounts to that choice. Again, we're pro-vaccine. We have been. We're on the, we're on the front lines of delivering the vaccine. But the counties in this region, uh, generally speaking, did write a letter to the governor saying we'd like a test out component because we have an issue with the possible after effects of this mandate on the healthcare staff. And we saw it in Livingston County and we continue to see it. So uh, certainly that is the one thing that does keep us all up at night is the sustainability of that. We've been in the business for 200 years since we started. We always had a poorhouse, an almshouse, a, a nursing home, a public home, a adult care facility. So we've always had one uh, and we want to continue to have one in the out years. And it's a significant challenge, but uh, one we're trying to meet head on. Uh, Ian and Mark, I just have one more question, really. Um, this has just been a fascinating conversation. Uh, Ian, again, thank you for taking the time. It seems that we've seen a lot of retirements in public service uh, during the pandemic. Uh, 2020 was an exhausting year. 2021, even harder. You know, as I think about it, going back to 2009, things have, things have gotten much, much harder in government after that great recession that we went through. 
the great pandemic that we're going through, uh, people have decided to call it, uh, call it a day, if you will, uh, and not return. A lot of public health officials stepping down. Recruiting is very difficult uh, in the public sector right now. Keeping people, attracting people, incentivizing people to stay. You've done a lot to help mentor county administrators, help find public talent, uh, county, county officials, department heads, it seems to be um, a very important uh, uh, aspect of, uh, of, of working as a county administrator. Um, and I just want to say thank you for helping in that regard. And if you'd like to talk about that, that role of recruitment in public service, and uh, perhaps I'll leave that as my last question uh, and, and, and hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, thank you, Steve. It, it definitely represents a significant challenge post-pandemic. I mean, you basically have what used to be the uh, terminology, the grain of the profession, right? So I don't really even have any grain because I have no hair, period. But, you know, the grain of the profession, right? The, the, the boomer generation retiring. Then it, on the heels of the pandemic and the aftermath, it becomes the great resignation. And then the recruitment challenges of public sector governments like county governments from the entry level positions all the way up to executive managerial. And it really is just kind of thinking critically about recruitment strategies. It's how do you build the next generation in the talent pool pipeline? Uh, and for me personally, that represents uh, being a mentor of sorts. Like I had a mentor, you guys probably know the name of Bob McAvoy, people like Nick Mazza, people that you know got into the classroom or got into the younger professionals to say, look at this is this is the career, this is county government, this is what you do. So, you know, kind of trying to do that pay it forward aspect for other counties, other municipalities. But I think county governments in general need to take a hard look at how they, uh, how we recruit. Um, you know, people are expecting a little bit different, you know, style of format, a little bit of ease of application process. And also, I think you have to talk about uh, diversity uh, and equity in the recruitment process. I think for my profession nationally, uh, the, the demographics of the communities we serve are not necessarily uh, exemplified in the demographics of folks that are professional local government managers. So doing my very, very small part as a you know, white middle-aged male and trying to add some uh, new talent and from different walks of life and from different backgrounds, kind of underrepresented communities in the profession is also a, uh, something that I'm focused on individually and personally. So um, a lot of work to do in that regard nationally and in New York State, but um, if you don't start cracking it, don't start working on it, you're not going to get it done. So appreciate the question, Steve, and, and that's what we're doing. Appreciate the forward thinking there, Ian, and, and you are uh, certainly a model uh, county administrator, county leader in New York. Uh, so thank you. And thank you for, for doing this and uh, spending time with us this afternoon. There may be counties listening that say, hey, this is a really good idea that Livingston County is doing. Do you have any advice for other county administrators or a chairman of the board or um, a county executive who may wanna roll out something like this conversations with the county initiative? Yeah, I was hoping you were gonna ask that question. It's a great question. Uh, one is set yourself up for success, meaning don't do something that's non-sustainable. Don't write checks you can't cash, so to speak. If you're going to set something up, do it. Do it with regularity. Have people know that 
they can check a calendar, check a website, check a press release and know that you're going to do it. It's not like a one time a year. If it's going to be one time a year, then say it's going to be one time a year. But if you're going to have a regular session or series, make sure it's regular and, and, and actually a series. And second, secondly, it's, it's, not, um, it's not necessarily always easy. You don't walk into environments that are like everybody's rosy and everybody loves you and they want to just give you accolades. So you have to be prepared and organized and frankly willing to you know, position yourself as the, sometimes in my case, the single individual county voice in a room where you have 30 other people that may be you know, coming armed with questions and concerns and challenges. So as long as you have a staff member or a board member that's willing and able to do that, and you can do it with regularity, I think you can certainly replicate this. It's something that's not necessarily novel, but it's also not necessarily easy either. You've been joined by Ian Coyle, the County Administrator in Livingston County, ISAC's Deputy Director, Mark Levine, and myself, Stephen Aquario, the Executive Director of the New York State Association of Counties. We're grateful for your time today, Ian. Thank you for all you're doing and that you, you'll continue to do for the people of Livingston County and the state of New York. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of NYSAC's County Conversations podcast. Keep tuning in for more county government-focused conversations, and make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.